This is the Doc Talk Podcast presented by Betfred Sports 2022, episode 34. Dr. Rob Zaniska, you know what I got earlier in the week? Beer. Well, I got a random email, just a, a random email from a guy named Will down in Lincoln. Starts off by this says, Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast since 2015. I'm like, damn. That's a long time to be listening to this Freaking podcast. Love it. Right? Love the content you put out. See, he used the word content. He just, he, do you know what he likes? Content. Our content. <laughs> to be brief, I am the co founder of Corn Coast Brewing in Lincoln. And we've been running a small brewery slash tap room since the summer of 2001. So, man, they're, they're not that old. They're like a year, year old. Wait, 2021? One, yeah, 2000. Yeah, I'm sorry, 2000, 2021. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, ah, God, these guys ah. have been around a while. No, I've never 2021. Heard of that's my bad. Gotcha. Okay. He goes, we we uh, brew a, a range of styles, but are probably uh, most known for IPAs and our fruited seltzers. In fact, our double hazy IPA called Citrus Soaker just won a bronze medal at this year's Great American Beer Festival. And we'd love to drop some beers off for the podcast uh, if you'd let us. Hell yes, we'd let you. Yeah, we might be okay with that. Yeah, so what we have in our hands here are some Corn Coast Brewing. Which I'm checking out there. I'm checking yeah. out there. It's good. Let's Got see. their website. Can, can there right there? Look, it's a good looking can too right there. Right there. So what do you have? I have the Double Hazy IPA with 100% Citra Hops. So I've got the Double Mosaic Slap. Double so double hazy IPA. It's got mosaic, mosaic Lupamax, yeah. and mosaic incognito. I didn't even. Look. Oh, this is seven point six. I'm gonna be messed up by the end of this podcast. Yeah, this we, will this will be a sipping podcast. Yeah. Um. Okay. I like their t-shirts. Okay, that's cool. I had no idea well, these I'm, guys even existed. Well, I didn't either, but I mean, they've only been around for for about a year here now. So I'm looking if the, their logo. If you didn't see it, it, it bears checking out. I know you you held up the can there, so I mean, we'll have a photo on the Twitter page and you, you can check it out. But it's a it's a windmill. Ooh, I'm trying to figure out. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a windmill where the 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 veins of the windmill. Actually, it looks like heads of wheat. This is very interesting. Anyway. This is this this it's it's like bitter on the front palate, sour on the back. Not not sour like a sour beer, but you really get this the 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 citra hops kind of on the way citra. back. Yeah. So this is the hazy IPA. That's a good one. I'm guessing this is probably a little sweeter than what yours is. So I mean, it's it's a good double high IPA. So we're gonna have to give we'll, we'll give these a try. We'll talk about them as we're going here. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, we're not getting looped on them. That's what worries me. Well, what, here, here and here's what's happening too is it, it, I'm, I'm sure we're making some people mad because Will has been listening to this podcast since 2015, right? So he understands what the podcast is, and uh, that you know we're putting the podcast on YouTube now. If you haven't put the podcast on YouTube yet, or have you haven't watched it yet, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, I highly encourage you to do so. We but, appreciate it. But you know, we had a, somebody watch last week's YouTube uh, podcast and was just all upset that we didn't start talking about football until like 27 minutes in. He doesn't understand that 
He goes, you know, why don't you guys have those conversations off air? Well, first of all, we're not on air. This isn't a fucking radio show. It's a podcast. You really, you can fast forward through anything you want. Yeah, no kidding. What, what's keeping you, you? Yeah, most most podcast platforms have that little yeah. 10 or 15 or 30 second button where you can just like pop ahead a few. Now, we you can, yeah, you can knock out 10 minutes and like. In two seconds, if you really want. Well, and, and and if you're listening to the podcast, you can look at on like time and a half or double time and, and hear us sound like chipmunks, but you can still get the same amount of content. I just thought it was interesting because you and I, we, we catch up on family stuff. We, we do a lot of stuff during uh, during this podcast and we, we give our beer reviews, which uh, I'm telling you right now. Uh, this corn and I'm not a big IPA guy, but this corn coast is, is like pretty darn logo. good stuff. I'm, I might have to get a T-shirt. It, well, it's a windmill. Have you ever been down in Nebraska City and gone to the Windmill Museum in Nebraska? City? I can't say I have. Okay, this sounds really weird. I highly recommend it. There is a windmill museum in Nebraska City. I oh, bet it's kind of well. Isn't there like a Dutch windmill off I-80 in Iowa? Well, you can go find? so that's an Elkhorn. So if you head okay. uh, if you head straight, which east, is not Elkhorn, and it's not Elkhorn, it's Elkhorn. Well, but they Iowa, say, it's but, two words. But they say it's Elkhorn. Nebraska, it's one word. Iowa, two words. Yes, but they they, they pronounce them the same. But there is a big Dutch windmill in Elkhorn, Iowa, and there's a big museum there too. But the museum I'm talking about is like you're you're basically your cornfield windmill that if you go down to nebraska city home of mitch crank and they it's it's fascinating i i I just i took a day trip to nebraska city one day and i found myself in this windmill museum that had no idea even existed that's awesome yeah so i mean if you if you ever get bored you and jen go hey let's go for a ride let's go check out a windmill. yeah there's a civil war thing down there too it's like one of the most it's and i forget what the name of it is but it's like this before like the american legion it's yeah. like the northernmost Civil War building, and I forget the name of it, so I apologize for not being 100%. But there's a bunch of Civil War memorabilia in there. Well, I need to go check this out. See, you didn't know I'm a that. total history nerd. I do love that I stuff. mean, people here in Nebraska City, and they think Arbor Day, and they think, you know, that's all they think of are trees. No, there's, there's more to Nebraska City than what you think. There is. Well, there's orchards. There are orchards. Got a lot of apples. They yeah. got the Applejack Festival. Yeah. But now you can go see a windmill museum and a Civil War museum. Do they have beer? They have. They, they do have beer. And in the downtown area, there's a bunch of murals. So they've got murals painted on like all the old buildings that, that are really cool. They're in touch with the arts. I, I, I had no idea about Nebraska City. I, I, I learned something. Actually, I do like Nebraska City a lot. I, I have been there many a time. I've never been to the Windmill Museum. Yeah. I've never been to the, the Civil War Museum that you're mentioning. But all of a sudden, now I'm like, well, I've got like a free, one of these free Saturdays when I'm batching it. I'm, I need to go check it out. Now, what, what, what cracks me up, and it, I, I, it doesn't crack me up, and either that or makes me sad, but, you know, they sell flags in there. And guess what one is always sold out? The Confederate, the Confederate flag. flag is always sold out. Maybe they're just not selling them anymore, and they 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 finally got smart and realized, fuckers lost the war. <laughs> yeah, they lost. <laughs> Stam traitors, they lost. Maybe they just don't replenish those. Yeah, they, they put a sold out sign. Yeah, yeah, just put sold out. Yeah, yeah, so people quit. How come you don't <laughs> sell as part of our heritage? We're not restocking these anymore. Yeah. The best way to say we're not restocking is just say just sold out. Yeah, they're sold out. Can't get them anymore.
Yeah, we we find somebody finally realized that the, the, the freaking traders lost. Oh man! So yeah, it's uh, that that's that that that's my little Nebraska City diatribe. And now we're telling you to drink Corn Coast Brewing beer out uh, of Lincoln. Out of Lincoln, you will not be disappointed. Not at all. They got a they, they got a brewery and a tap room down there. Uh, check it out if you get. Which you get sometimes time. I kind of feel like Lincoln gets a little underrated. For no, Lincoln. No, it doesn't. Lincoln is a is a weird city compared to Omaha. It's a weird city. Wait, it's laid out weird. Well, I'll it, give you that. I'm just saying I thought their beer productivity was a little underrated. So let, let me ask you this. No, Why? I get it. It is freaking weird in the layout. They try. I mean, getting around Lincoln is the biggest pain in the ass on the planet. Why do Lincolnites not like Omahans? I don't understand this. There's a weird dynamic between Lincoln uh, and Omaha because Omaha doesn't really care about Lincoln. I don't think. I mean, what I'm saying is they'll do business with them. They'll, but if Omaha's try to go do business in Lincoln, it's a weird deal. It's a very it, weird situation. It kind of is, and I think some of it goes back to a. Lincoln has always tried to view itself as a little bit as a, of a small town. I mean, and and that that goes back to the layout. Anytime. Uh, there was any kind of expansion, road projects, things like that. They specifically built roads in, through, and around Lincoln that were not amenable to expansion, to basically to widening the roads. And, and part of the idea was was to maintain as you drive around Lincoln, you feel like you're driving around a small town. Now. Fact of the matter is, I think Lincoln's population, I'd have to look it up, but I think it's north of 300,000 people. Well, pretty soon, you're not going to know the difference have- between Omaha and Lincoln because, I mean, from from Waverly East and from Gretna West, it's, it's like just 20 minutes. It's closing in. Yeah. And, and I, no, and that's a great point. I just, it's Lincoln's this city that has tried to maintain the small town feel forever. Um, you've got some population-based issues that I think revolve somewhat around sports. I mean, when was the last time you had a Lincoln High School win the state football championship? Would be, what, Lincoln Southeast, maybe? It was either Southeast or Southwest. I think Southwest, but this is going back to when, uh, when, when Banderas was a senior there, maybe. Um, they just haven't been that good for a while. And, turn, and and again, like I said, a lot of it's population-based. You, you've got more kids up here in Omaha. Um, but, I mean, when was the last state volleyball champion out of Lincoln? When was the last state basketball guys or girls uh, Pius out of Satan. Lincoln? For girls. Who was it? Pius. Okay, there you go. Well, and that was that Class B, though. Oh, no, I think that was Class A. You're right, it yeah. was Class Marka- A. But Markowski's so. pretty darn good ball player. Okay, she's well, she, she's going to go. carry most people to a state title. Yeah, she's pretty freaking good. Yeah. She's pretty uh, freaking good down in Lincoln at the university Yeah, she, well, okay. So. She's got some pretty good basketball she's, genes right there. She's done okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna. how's this going on on a limb? She is a better college basketball player than her dad. Wow. How's, how's that for a hot take? No, that, 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 you're probably right, though, right? She's really freaking no. good. I'm just saying. No. Anyway, um, and I, I appreciate what her dad did, but I I think they're better. I, I think the, the women's basketball team under Amy Williams with, Marko- with Markowski is better than – I don't even know who that would have been. Who's the guy from Butler? From Butler. Yeah, the basketball coach at Nebraska. 
from Butler went back to Butler. Oh, Isn't the AD oh, at Butler oh Barry now? Collier. I, Thank I, you. I, I, I was like, Did Markowski play for Collier? Yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to think. It all runs together. He was like Nebraska basketball's Mike Riley, except maybe he was like a long-term Mike Riley for basketball. Yeah. Yeah. He, thought, he, he he fit in at Nebraska like a, a square peg in a round hole. Just did culturally was not was not there. Do you know what's weird? I think Danny Knee fit in better. So do I. Yeah. Because he 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 was a backslapper. He he well, knew he, he liked people he did. a lot. And he Danny did. was not afraid to get out, meet with fans, get together with boosters. God, I I played in golf fundraisers with Danny. And he would go to the bars and just go from table to table talking with people in Columbus, Nebraska. I got a, where were we? We were either at Glurs or the Pawnee in Columbus. But Danny was one of those guys. He liked people and he he genuinely liked the fans and he liked interacting with fans. You know who else did? Doc Sadler did too. I thought Doc yeah. fit in here well. I thought he really did also. And I'm not saying these guys are end-all, be-all coaches, but, I mean, they're better basketball coaches than I'll ever be. Now, I mean, this is a tangent we're going off on, but I think it's safe to say that most Nebraskans want Fred Hoiberg to succeed. They like Fred. They they were tiring of Scott. They want Fred to They want Fred to turn this thing around. I No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Because he's a good man. He's a good dude. Fred is. I've never met him. You've never. I have on. never met Fred. We were, you know, you know the story. We were co-big eight yes. athletes of the year. Yes. And I think I can't remember. I think I was at the Playboy All American weekend. I missed. I missed that ceremony. But um, now I, 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 I'm still one of these guys where I'm kind of like, unlike the the TJ Ot- is it Otzelberger. Yeah, T.J. Otzelberger is at Iowa State. So he was Fred's assistant at Iowa State. And, and I always kind of wonder if it was sort of this Dan Hawkins effect where, mm. where, where T.J.'s the guy who is really the mover and shaker on those Iowa State teams. I think he's the recruiter. Yeah, Absolutely. well, I mean, I think he's doing pretty solid as a coach right now. And he's got a top five recruiting class at Iowa State. They're going to struggle this year. Next year, they should be pretty darn good. So, I mean, you're going to have some ups and downs. I just, I, I say the Dan Hawkins effect because that was one of those situations where Dan Hawkins looked like the greatest coach on the planet when he was at Boise. Then he leaves Boise to go to Colorado, hits the door at Colorado. They they promptly tank. And you look back at Boise and go, oh, shit. Boise's still winning a lot of football games. Who's this Chris Peterson coaching them? And then you, you kind of realize it's like, yeah, that might have been Chris Peterson all along. Well, and look who was at Boise State before Dan Hawkins was Dirk Cutter. Yeah. He was a pretty good coach. Who too. definitely laid some yeah. groundwork yeah. there. I'll, I'll give Cutter that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, don't uh, forget the Doc Talk podcast is presented by Betfred Sports. Uh, if you want to bet on any sporting event, uh, including basketball, which is now back, that's right, college basketball now in full swing, the NBA in full swing, and there's still some really, really good football games, both in college football and the National Football League. Uh, just download the Betfred Sports app today on the Apple or Google Play stores, depending on where you live. Uh, if you're in the Omaha area, you're going to want to download the Iowa uh, app. If you're in uh, western Nebraska, probably the Colorado app. Uh, but they are all over the place. And if you want a $20 free bet in Colorado, Arizona, or Iowa, download the app, open up an account, and use the promo code DOCTALK, and you will get a $20 free bet from our good friends 
at uh, Betfred Sports. They've got a variety of betting types, including straight bets, in-play wagering, parlay cards, and VIP experiences. So get in on the action. Hurry up and download the Betfred Sports app today and uh, have a little bit of fun. Uh, I, 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 you would have, you would have made some money uh, if you bet Iowa over the weekend. They were, uh, they were a four and a half point underdog uh, to to uh, to Purdue. Nebraska was a fourteen point underdog to Minnesota, and it, early on looked like they were going to win that thing outright. Tale yeah, of two was, halves. Uh, Tale of two halves. It, it really was. I mean, I. I think if you want to look at the more okay, what's more indicative of the 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 realistic picture of the Nebraska football team right now was that second half. I thought I thought the defense played head and shoulders above themselves in the first half. Um, I thought they did a really good job of keeping Ibrahim in check. I still worried a little bit about him busting out, kind of wearing guys down a little bit. And you saw that in the second half. I mean, he had it wasn't an insane number of carries. He was in the 30s when it came to the when it came to his carries. But he averaged I think almost 5 per on his carry. The, the dude's a beast. Which is brutal. I mean, it's if you're a running back and you're averaging four-plus yards per carry over 30-plus carries, that's that's a hell of a game, and you, that, that's a workload right there. So um, Now, on the flip side, Grant had the same thing. He was four-plus yards per carry as well, too. I just My problem is, as I look at Nebraska, and I, I kind of wonder, did they not – did they not ride Grant like they should have? And they had kind of this run of three and outs in the second half. We saw some stuff from the quarterback position. I mean, you've got a great play picked out um, for the doc's diagnosis this week. So I tell, I mean, I tell everybody watch those because we're we're going to try to go over stuff that people ask us about. Um, and so you see a play where and it's kind of quarterback decision making. I just don't think was all that effective during the course of the game. Now, a lot of that's going to be an experience thing. And when you got guys like Smothers and Purdy, you've got two guys that do not have a ton of on-field experience in terms of looking at a situation and making some of these decisions on the fly that a good quarterback is going to need to be able to make. Well, and, and that becomes the the topic of discussion, right? Because uh, Casey Thompson wasn't even in uniform against Minnesota. Chubba Purdy gets the start. Logan Smothers comes in, and everybody's like, oh, my God, Logan Smothers is head and shoulders above Chubba Purdy. I don't know if I'm willing. I watch the game uh, as well. I don't. I'm not going to say that. I'm a little bit of a wash there. I, I think both guys have some running ability. I, I think Chubba probably puts it to a little bit better use than Smothers did. I think Smothers needs to he needs to pull the trigger and take off. And, and I think he would I think he would do better overall if he would use his legs a little bit more and force defenses to respect the fact that he can run. And I don't think he really tried to force that. Now, I'll give everybody a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because I don't know how many reps in practice that uh, Smothers got with the starting offense. And that does change things a lot. I mean, I I look at very good football teams and – you see a good football team will have a couple of quarterbacks that share a lot of snaps in practice. When you look at a team like Nebraska that's struggling, 
you're trying to get the guys that you're expecting to be out there the longest, the most snaps. You want those guys to get the most preparation. So there's kind of this um, sort of a vicious cycle that both helps and that, that helps good teams and hurts bad teams. When you're a good football team, you can afford to give your backups a lot of repetitions in practice. When you're a good football team, you go to bowl games and you get an additional month of practice every year, which, I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, it's been a couple of years because Nebraska hasn't been to a bowl game for a while. But if you're, let's say you're a four-year player at the college level and you go to four bowl games, that's four months of additional practice. That's a football season. Yeah. So, I mean... If you're a, if you redshirt play four years after the redshirt, if you're your standard five year guy, and it's you're at a program like Nebraska was in the '90s when we went to a bowl game every year, in terms of practice repetitions, you're getting a sixth year of practice. You're getting the equivalent of an entirely additional redshirt year just by going to a bowl game every year. That makes a massive difference over four years when you look at the compound effect of that extra practice time across the whole of a team. That's a ton of reps for all of those guys. But that's why good teams tend to stay fairly good and bad teams tend to stay fairly bad because when you're not going to a bowl game every year, you're missing out on that additional month of practice. And that that hurts guys. But you're also, when you're not a very good football team, you're not, you don't have the luxury of giving the backups as many repetitions, and that hurts you over time. Now, I think if you're a team that's not that good, I think you bite the bullet and give your backups a ton of reps in practice regardless. So if you do get in a situation like Nebraska's in on Saturday and you got to put a Ramir Johnson in, if you got to put a a Logan Smothers, and I only mentioned Johnson because I, I'd like to see him like s- split out and catch the ball more. But um, you want to see some of these younger guys get more repetitions, but they're not going to do it if Nebraska's not winning. You mentioned on Twitter the other day uh, during the game, you said, you know what, I'd like to see Masker at this point. Why do you think you, we haven't seen him? I, I'm serious. Is it just because he's – He's he's a walk on, and he, he. I think there's a little bit of a perception thing there that a you got a kid who is a walk on who maybe doesn't have, you know, you know I was gonna say maybe doesn't have the sheer athleticism, but um, I I think he I actually think he's a pretty damn good athlete, and I guarantee you he knows the system. Um, Matt's a kid who probably didn't have those. The, those, uh, what's the word I'm the measurables, the metrics coming out of high school. He had the statistical numbers coming out of Carney Catholic. Um, but I think he kind of got perception wise, got destroyed when Heinrich Harburg came out of Carney Catholic. And all of a sudden, here's this six four kid with a cannon arm and a four six eight forty 40 yard dash. And everybody was like, oh. This guy's going to be the next, like, kind of that that backup who kind of rises to the top. And he's going to be the next Joe Gans, although he's like a foot taller than Joe Gans is. Which, but I think a lot of people, when you're looking at some of these backup quarterbacks, when you're looking at some of these kids who 
maybe are not as heralded, but you almost kind of wonder, I wonder how this guy would come in in terms of being able to manage a football game, in terms of maybe making some smart decisions and just getting the ball, moving it downfield, getting the ball in the hands of the guys who are the playmakers, getting the ball in the hands of the 4140 guys, getting it to Trey Palmer, getting it to Anthony Grant, uh, getting it to Washington. I mean, these are, it's, it's you kind of wonder, is he the kind of guy that could do that, who would be a better manager of the offense than somebody like Chubb or somebody like Smothers, who maybe is a far better athlete in terms of those measurables. It's just I don't think anybody's going to look at Matt Masker. They're not going to be able to see past Heinrich Harburg to be able to see Matt Masker, I think, is the problem. And I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think 90% of that's a perception thing. Uh, Logan Smothers was 5 of 10, 80 yards. Uh, he didn't throw a pick. I uh, was sacked twice. Uh, Chubba Purdy, 6 of 16. Uh, 41 yards, uh, had one interception. Tell you, first half, I thought Chubba looked good. I did. It, he he did, but I thought they did a good job with the run game, and I thought he did a pretty good job of kind of forcing some forcing the defense to kind of respect that a little bit more. Um, I mean, they scored ten points in the first half. I again, I I look at this stuff as relative where I I thought Nebraska's defense did a far better job in the first half than the offense did. I thought the special teams did a good job. Nebraska averaged, what, 55 yards a punt? Yeah. That's pretty damn good. I mean, you can bitch and moan all you want about the occasional special teams gas that Nebraska's had this year. On the whole, special teams, it's one of the lone bright spots for Nebraska. Um, But, I mean... It's kind of one of those things I feel like if I'm talking to a crowd of people, I, I, I got to turn my chair around, sit on it backwards, and tell the audience, hey, it's time to get real now. Let's get real. We scored 10 points. That was it. No, you scored 13. No, in the first oh, in half. In the first half. We scored 10 points. I mean, really, in the scope of things, that's not that good. We're sitting here going... Nebraska played fairly well offensively in the first half. Okay. They scored 10 fucking points. Sorry, Dave. That's not that good. I mean, tell me. I mean, that's Iowa-esque. Well. Hayden Fry would be ecstatic about that prior to this last week. Um, you mean Kirk Ferentz? I said Hayden Fry, you didn't did. I? You did. Yeah, yeah, Hayden would have been happy with that, too. <laughs> um Brian Ferentz would have been doing cartwheels down the side. Hell, they had 17 and a half yesterday against Purdue. Man, dude, they, paint the town. They had red. a 200 yard rusher yesterday. That was so. That's interesting stuff. You and I talked so, about that a little it's bit. It's interesting because I, you know I, I host the Iowa Cullen Show, and I actually for for Iowa's last games I couldn't put a win or a loss in either one of them. I moved the Nebraska game to a win now. I did. I, I I think they I think they beat Nebraska. I didn't have that. I had it kind of a toss up. Had them a toss up. Iowa toss up with Purdue. Had a toss up with Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska. I've moved Nebraska into the loss column because Nebraska just they're not very good. It, no, and I I feel bad because I think people are fired up about Mickey. And I think Mickey. The strength of what he has been able to do for Nebraska in terms of being the head coach 
is he's completely changed the outlook, attitude, and mentality of the team. And those are not easy things to do. And they are valuable things. Let me ask you Don't get me wrong. Is there any talent there? Is there, I mean, when you look now, but, but is it good enough talent to compete for championships? So there's a difference between competing for championships and good enough to win games. They have enough talent to win now. Now, championships, I mean... Now, when you say championships, are you talking about winning the division or are you talking about winning a Big Ten title? This division. I think you got to start with the division. Very few teams have the have the manpower to beat Ohio State or Michigan. I, I can I can I will, okay, I will give you that. I um in a year like this, yeah, I think they do have the talent to win the division. But they're not going to. They're not going to a bowl game, Rob. No, um, but I mean, you've got a handful of things. I, I mean, let's go back to the start of the year. Let's say halfway through the summer, Scott Frost gets a DUI, punches Trev Alberts in the face, and gets fired. I, purely, I mean, like I said, it's a complete hypothetical wow. year. And all, you're looking at me like... If all the hypotheticals that have been thrown out there, that, that's one of the most bizarre hypotheticals. I like it. Well, there's been a lot of stories about Scott. <laughs> I, I don't think a lot of the... Like I said, the hooker and all the hooker and blow stuff, I don't believe rumors that are out there. But it's, it, it's one of those things where if you want to talk about... This is... You've gone to hookers and blow now. We've talked about this on the I podcast know, before. Know, Come on. Um, it's let, Let's say Mickey Joseph goes into fall camp as the head coach. Okay? okay. We're going to get real again. We're going to get real. We're going to get real here. Real, real. Um, Mickey Joseph goes into fall camp as the head coach. He gets to run the show from the get-go. Okay. Do you think they beat Northwestern? I say yes. Uh, God, I hope so, because Northwestern's horrible. They are, and that was a game Nebraska almost won. Nebraska, with Scott Frost at their worst, Nebraska should have beat Northwestern. They were one or two crap coaching calls away dude, from winning that dude, game. Dude, I'll tell you this. if Nebraska, I know this is, let's get real. Let's get real. If they would have won that game, I think Scott Frost is still the coach. I think the mentality. Kind of scary when you think about the, ah. Yeah, kind of scary when you think about that. But look, let's say, for instance, Scott is not the head coach. Okay. Mickey's the head okay. coach. They beat Northwest. Yes. Because, I, I mean, if Scott is the head coach, guess what happens? They lose to Northwestern. That's what happened. Because what, it happened. Because it happened. That's what did happen. So if Mickey, He was the head yes. coach. He lost to Northwestern. That's the fact. That's not a hypothetical. If the hypothetical is if Mickey was the head coach, I think they beat Northwestern. Okay. I also think they beat Georgia Southern. They're three and zero going into Oklahoma. You're still going to lose to Oklahoma. I don't know. Oklahoma's not very good. Oklahoma's been exposed. Uh, Oklahoma's been exposed, dude. They're not that good. I think if you're three and zero going into that game, it's completely your mindset's completely different. Well, let's okay. Let's say for the sake of argument, they lose to Oklahoma, so they're yeah. three and one. I, I mean, I think it changes things a little bit because then you beat Rutgers, you beat Indiana. Now you're five wins. You're looking for one win to go to a bowl. Yeah, I think somewhere in there they pick up that other win. 
between between Illinois, between Purdue, uh, between Purdue, Illinois, um, Minnesota, you got Wisconsin and Iowa. I think they pick up a sixth win if Mickey's the head coach. And that's I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is there's a value on attitude, mentality, mindset expectations that the players have of themselves that is completely different. And I do see that right now. So I think it's a, it's an entirely different season if, if Mickey goes in as the head coach. Now I'm not saying Mickey should be or will be the head coach, but what I'm saying is, is I do think they have enough talent to be a better team than what we're going to ultimately see this year. We're going to look back and go, it's like, well, the attitude was way different, but they got it just, it didn't have much effect at the end of the day. And I think ultimately it would have had a difference. It would have made a difference if Mickey was the head coach from the get go, because I think you pick up two more wins. You're a game away from bowl eligibility. And I think that sort of changes how teams go out and perform on a daily basis. Well, I think you just set up a perfect segue because last week, week the rumor mill was flying hot man i mean people thought that uh, trev alberts was going to name a head coach at some point during the week scotty strong i did not buy it i I didn't either i thought it was really buy it at all and i anytime i hear that stuff now if you go and look at where it's coming from it's always coming from like i mean a lot of these are some of these guys with twitter pages that have like seven followers and they're like take it to the bank and people run with it next thing you know they've got like five thousand followers and it's anyway i mean i could put a lot of stuff out there on our twitter page and i guarantee you, i'll get us twenty thousand more followers just by spewing a bunch of bullshit about a about a head coaching search but it's not going to serve any good in the end and that's why i don't do that kind of stuff i'm not going to believe anybody is Nebraska's next head coach until I see Trev announce it at a press conference with that guy standing next to Trev. I I think you and I are both in agreement. It's not going to be Mickey Joseph. People need to get that out of their head right now. It's not going to be Mickey Joseph. I don't think so. My gestalt is now I say this and people have asked me this and I've told people this. I don't know this for a fact. This is a total gut feel thing. This is not anything anybody has told me. But I do, I kind of go back to when Mickey got hired. The thought that went through my head was Trev just hired his next head, his, his, Trev just hired, I almost said next head coach, Trev just hired his interim coach. And, and I've, and I told you Absolutely. I think we've said it on here before. Well, and you, you were like, because my point was, he didn't need to he could have given Mickey all the money he gave Mickey without all the titles. He could have said, hey, you're gonna be the you're gonna be the wide receivers coach and you're gonna be kind of our you're you're our John Blake. You're our recruiting guru. You're the guy that we're gonna need to get some talent into Lincoln. Go get us Trey Palmer and whoever else. And you're like, well, no, 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 no. Guys like titles. And I'm like, dude, I guarantee you, I know Mickey Joseph. I played with the guy for a couple of years. I don't think Mickey gives a rat's ass about titles. I really don't. I do not think he cares at all about what his title is. He sees a task. He wants to get the job done. 
that is all Mickey cares about. And I think, tre- but when I saw all those titles, the first thing that went through my head was, that's not Mickey, that's Trev. And that's Trev saying, I need an interim. And I think this guy's it. But what my gestalt feel is, hold your thought. I know you've got something to say here. Well, it, it, all it was but, is sometimes with the title has to justify a salary too. Bullshit. It does. It does. If you got a guy who's good enough, you don't have to hit him with a title. I no 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 no. I'm saying sometimes in the hierarchy, you got to say why is this guy making this much money? Well, because we're going to call him the assistant head coach. Now, nah, bullshit. Coaches it, know that. I I know that. I'm they talking from a corporate that. standpoint, from the regents to to the university system. Sometimes you have to justify. If you just I said, "Hey, maybe, I'm an O line okay, coach finally, making a million, I could, fine. I could see that outside yes. of the team within the coaching ranks. Yes, I agree. Within all of those coaches, they all know and they I, get it. But okay. can you, you see where I'm coming from, right? Sometimes well, then the regents. They ought to know that, too. No, I mean, I'm just saying. It's stupid, in my opinion. But what's not stupid is when I saw that, the first thought that went through my head was, here's our next, here's our interim head coach. May not be our next head coach, but I guarantee you, if if Frost gets fired, Mickey is the interim. It's not going to be Mark Whipple. It's not going to be Chenander. It's going to be, it's going to be Mickey when I saw those titles. That's what it said to me. Now, my other gestalt is is that Mickey was told when he got hired, hey, there is a strong chance Scott's not the head coach. Trev even said this publicly last year when they did the coaching staff changes. Trev said there is not a good track record of this working out. He put it out there. He did. When I saw Mickey get hired, I guarantee you Trev went to Mickey and said, hey, there is not a good track record of this working out. I'm going to need an interim guy. Guess what? My thought is you're Nebraska's interim head coach. I also think, again, this is just my gut feeling, Trev told Mickey, I'm probably going to go outside of the program for a head guy. You're probably not it. But I need you, and I want you to be part of this program, and I need you to stick around. And if something else doesn't pop up, are you willing to do that? And my bet is Mickey said yes. Do you think there is a new head coach this week? No. Because if there is, there's only one guy it could be. Rule? Rule. I I mean, mean, no college coach worth his salt – would take a job before the end of the season. But what? guys have before. Who? Who? Oh, Scott Frost. But that was after, it the, was re- after the regular yes. season. I'll give you that. Yes. It's after the regular season. Okay. It's people listening to this podcast. Hop hop on Twitter and I, you know, I'll maybe put a specific link out there to respond to, but I truly wonder this. I mean, it's one of those, in my head, I'm sitting here and thinking, I know there's coaches who've said they're leaving. I'm not saying it has. And they're going to go to another program, but I don't think it's as odd. I'm just saying, I know you're saying it's like, well, I'm not saying it's never happened. I'm saying I don't think it's as unheard of as people make it out to seem because there's been these discussions on Twitter already where people have talked about, yeah, you're that that doesn't happen. There's a rule against it. And I'm sitting here going like, 
God, I'm like 90% sure we've seen this happen with a degree of frequency. Let, let's say it's a Power 5 guy. I don't think it, I'm just going to throw a name out there. Lane Kiffin ain't leaving Ole Miss until that season's over. All right? He's not going to go. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, there's, there's going to be people and exceptions to this rule. But I, I'm just saying, I think it's happened before. I mean, it's where you so and so will finish out the season, or um, I'm well, I get, and, and maybe I'm mistaken here. Maybe it's I'm thinking of like an Ed or Geron thing at LSU, where it's one of those. This will be so and so's last yes. season. They will finish out the season yeah. as the head coach, and then we're gonna then we're gonna bring in Brian Kelly. And, I'll admit, maybe that's what I'm thinking of or situations like that. Yeah, I, I don't – again, I don't see the advantage of hiring a head coach with the exception of recruiting, but you're not going to bring a guy in to coach. I think it would become a major distraction for the last three games. I do. I, if you had, I, That if, I will give you. Um, you, you. I will say that you do see it frequently prior to a bowl game. No, where prior, one coaching you, you staff to. stays on for the bowl. Josh Heupel is so. a good example at Central Florida. Remember, he was in the booth talking about taking over Central Florida. Scott yeah. Frost was was coaching Central Florida in, yeah, in the bowl in the game. Bowl game. And, yeah. and everybody was happy about yeah. it. Yeah, everybody was okay with it. Bowl games are the exception. Yeah, I, I remember watching Bo Pelini as the D coordinator on the sideline as Les Miles won a national title at LSU. Bull was Bo was the D coordinator yeah. there. Came back to Nebraska. Yeah, then. And, and so that happens. But uh, y- yeah, the bowl game thing I totally get. I the the end of the regular season thing. I will admit I might be thinking of where a coach gets let let go, and and gets told, hey, you're going to finish out the season, but this is your last season. Now I will say that Trev's going to have to. Trev has run this thing beautifully. There has been like zero rumors. It's been tight-lipped. Well, there's been a lot of rumors, yeah, but, but not, there, there's been nothing from the athletic yes. department. Yeah, I mean, he's just been – he just does his thing. But which, I think he did a very good job. I mean, that press conference was a – was run. a that was a master class in how to do a head coach firing, coaching search start yeah. press conference. Yeah. I mean, that was absolute master class. He answered – probably five or six questions before they ever got asked and nobody was able to even ask the question. Um, there, there, there are good candidates out there right now. I mean, Hugh freeze. I know people are going, but he called escorts. Yeah, he did. But he also went to Liberty and he's been forgiven by God. So, uh, uh, dude, he wanted Arkansas yesterday. Liberty wanted Arkansas yesterday. Liberty's ranked in the top 25 (laughs) Liberty. Jerry Falwell University is ranked in the top 25. He's doing it all with Turner Gill recruits. No, no. We're <laughs> way past that now. We're way past that now. I And it, and it is, but I mean, some of those schools, though, I mean, you look at a place like Liber- Coastal Carolina. But he wanted Ole Miss. I mean, he, Hugh Freeze is a good football coach. Had some had some moral deficiencies uh, that, that got him in some trouble, but I think you is can that gonna, is that. that going to How's that going to go over in Nebraska, I guess would be my well, question. Well, you know what, Rob? You know, you know what goes over in Nebraska? Winning goes over Nebraska. It does. They will look past anything as long as you win football games. And Bo Pelini won football games. Yes. Yeah. But see, we have a poll up on our YouTube page right now. If you go to the community page of the Doc Talk Sports 
um, YouTube page. YouTube's we, getting fun. I, I loving the YouTube. It's, it's a little more interactive than I would have thought. I, I mean, I. I go to YouTube when it's one of those, huh, I need to replace the door gasket on my <laughs> on my front loading dryer. How lot, do I do that? A lot of people watching the podcast, which is which is crazy cool. But uh, who do you blame most for Nebraska's problems? And I went and I use YouTube because I can use more options. I voted. I, I still said Steve Peterson. So Steve Peterson, Harvey Perlman, Tom Osborne, um, Sean Eichhorst, or Bill Moose. Now this was a lot closer about an hour ago. Uh, but Steve Peterson winning at 41%. Harvey Perlman, who should be winning this at 25%. Tom Osborne <laughs> at 5%. Sean Eichhorst, surprisingly, neck and neck with Perlman at 25%. And Bill Moose at 3%. Yeah, I was going to say when I voted, I think I voted for for Peterson because I really think he was the trigger guy initially to get rid of Solich. Yeah. I, I think Perlman would have been fine. I think Perlman was fine with Solich. Yeah, but Harvey, Harvey but lost I think Harvey, his way at, at some point. But I think point. Harvey, I think Harvey was kind of a, I will do whatever Steve Peterson wants. I'll go along with whatever Steve wants. And that was a bad choice. Yeah, that was a bad choice. It was a really, really bad choice. Although that was one of those things at the time, I remember thinking that was a home run. It's a Nebraska guy. He's North Platte native. Think about you know what Everything, his wife loves you. How about how about we tell his wife hates my guts? How about we do this? Let's do the Seinfeld thing. Okay. If you think something's a home run, do the exact opposite. Go. Oh my God, it's a failure because this was this is George Costanza <laughs> because Steve Peterson was a home run, right? Scott Frost was a home run. Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg was a home run. Yeah, we'll find out. I'd say, although I'm one of those guys that at at this point. I want a good. I want like a good solid, like a double or triple. I might be pretty happy with. How about point. a single and then grow it into something? Steal a base. Steal yeah, another I'd, base. I'd take that. Yeah, I mean, people get too wrapped up into names, and and that's what's going to happen. Let's say Trev hires somebody that's not even from a Power Five or you never heard of. People, I'm are, still going back to like my sleeper pick has like always Calhoun, been right? Munkin or Munkin. Yeah, I, Calhoun's the guy that I heard from others. Trev liked. And again, this is again, second, third hand info. I don't have this in writing. Trev's never said this to me. Now, it, it'd be interesting that... It's not like I talk to Trev on the... Like I just call up Trev and fair. talk to him. But now, now, I'm just saying I'm just telling you, Trev never told me he likes Calhoun. I'm just saying third hand info. I've heard that tossed around that Trev's a fan of Calhoun. So let's, but, let's throw this out there real quick. Um... You know, Trev can get caught up in the big name, though. He got caught up with the big name with Dean Blaze at UNO. You're going to say, well, he took UNO to the Frozen Four. But I don't think that was a bad hire. It was a horrible hire. What? It was a horrible hire. Tell me why. Okay, I'll tell you why. First of all, the hire he should have made with Mike Hastings. Handed it down, Mike Hastings should have had that job. It was a horrible hire because Dean Blaze never bought into UNO. He lived in an apartment. He never really welcomed Omaha as his... He was like 80. Yeah, but that's the problem, is that he never assimilated into Omaha. He was here only during the season and left. Also, he left the program horrible. Horrible. And it hasn't rebounded. Gabinet hasn't turned the UNO hockey program around. But Trev, I think, was enamored by, oh, my God, it's Dean Blaze. Dean Blaze had had some success and, and was that big, shiny toy. He had – listen, he took UNO to the Frozen Four. I'll give him that. But he never really bought into UNO, and he left that program a shithole. 
Uh, absolute. Shit. I would. Okay, so here's here's Mike kind of, Hastings should have got that job, and Mike Hastings probably would have won a national title at UNO by now, and he would still be. Do here. you think you get Hastings back? No. Is he at Mankato? He's now? at Mankato. It's too good of a deal. I say Mankato. It's Minnesota. It's State, Minnesota State. He took he, he took those Mavericks to the final, the Frozen Four last year, and he should have had it. He but but Mike wasn't a big enough name to him at that point. And, and Mike was the right guy for the job. And everybody, to a man, to a woman, to a he, she, Told they, everybody knew that Mike Hastings was the right guy for that job, and he didn't hire him. It was a, it was a now, huge mistake. Are you just mistake. saying that because you're good buddies? With no, Hastings. go ask any hockey guy. Because I, I – see, here's the thing. I, I ask that as sort of the devil's advocate – because I love Mike Hastings. Mike Hastings is a good he dude. He lived in my neighborhood. He's, I'd walk the dog and dude, stop with Mike while he was out mowing his lawn. He is an incredible hockey coach. Yeah. Everybody knew. And Trev should have hired him. Everybody's saying, Trev, hire Mike Hastings. But you had a little shiny toy over there in Dean Blades, and you're like, that's my guy. But if you're a up-and-coming program, which I know by the time Trev took over, that program had been around for, yeah. what, 15 well, years? Well, let's see, they, they, it was 96, I think it was the, yeah. the first so year. Yeah, you're, so you're 15 years yeah. in. Um, if you're an AD at a school like UNO, and that's your flagship sport, and, and a Dean Blaze-type name pops up as your potential do you jump on that and take it um, i mean i get having mike hastings i mean if you've got a mike hastings in your back pocket but he was there and mike hastings was that. on it was on the either that or say hey dean you're gonna run this for like four or five years mike hastings you're the coach in waiting because mike ended up leaving like two years later yeah. you had it was right there i'll give you that i i guess i kind of look at it it's it's interesting to me because I look at that situation a little bit like I look at Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. Ooh. Where and, it's, and Jimbo's, if he didn't have a $96 million buyout, that dude would be gone at a oh, instant instantaneously. He is, and, and guess what? He's going to leave AM in shambles. He is. He left Florida State in shambles. Absolutely. He trashed the place. On the flip side, he did the Dean Blaze Frozen Four thing there. He took him to the 2013 national title. It, so if you're Florida State, do you look back and say, hey, God, we got a Heisman winner and a national title off of this guy. But then we also ended up with probably a good half dozen years of shit. They ended up, I mean... They're kind of in a pretty good spot now. I think they are moving in a solid direction, both development and recruiting-wise, with where they're at now. Um, but I just... God, they had some horrible years. I mean, it, it's it's taken, I think, what, three coaches now to overcome the crap he left behind. But we do know this, and I'm not saying it's going to happen in Nebraska, but look what Lance Leipold has done at Kansas. Look what Josh Heupel has done at nice, Tennessee. Nice win over Okie State. Which, Huge win. Whichever, they're bowl eligible. Yeah, which I think Okie State's maybe, I think they're a little overrated. That's fine. K-State destroyed them. Kansas has destroyed them. Um, I, I don't think they're as good as people made them out to be. But that being said, I agree. I think Leipold's done an amazing job the, at KU. The over-under was two wins for KU this year. 
Yeah. So they're at six. They're bowl eligible right now. Josh Heupel, they lost yesterday, but had Tennessee number one team in the country. I'm just saying, and you go back and look at some of the – a classic example is there was a, a post I saw a retweet that somebody wanted to take about that volunteer fans should be upset that Josh Heupel is your coach because you never know what you're going to get, right? I remember when Dana Altman was hired at Oregon, yeah. and people were like, oh, my God, we're getting some bohunk from the Midwest. He's <laughs> never going to make it. Guess what? He took Oregon to the final four. Yeah. And, and so you never know who's going to be a success and who's going to – the ones you think are yeah, home although run? Although it's not like, I mean, I, I don't know if Altman's a good example of that because it's not like Altman didn't have a track record at Creighton, which I'd even go as far to say, I don't think Creighton is a very easy place to win at. Uh, by the way, uh, it, Nebraska fans may not want to hear this, but uh, Creighton's like a Final Four team this year. They're really yeah. good. Really, but I don't know if that surprises anybody. Well, McDermott's a great coach. It, Altman's a great coach. But... I'm just saying, you don't have Lance Leipold isn't a huge name. Can't he was able to turn around? Josh Heupel was a gamble. He'd only been in Central Florida for what two years. You get the Tennessee job, or was it one year? And you've been able to get that team to number one. Probably going to fall back to five, maybe six, maybe who knows? I know, you, I know a number of voters have already said they they're still going to have them in the playoff yeah. top four. You you can you can turn it around quicker than what you what you think. So no matter who gets hired. You just got to go, well, because you don't have it. You can bitch all you want, but you may end up eating those eating those words quickly, right? I mean, just 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 accept it. Yeah. So I'm with you, though. I don't think we have uh, a we, a we. I just said we. Dude, you are a Husker Man, fan. I, dude, that's going to be used Look against me. Look at that. I don't think we have a head coach Hey, for this all year. you Iowa people, Stop Travis it. hates the Cyclones. <laughs> he loves the Huskers. Stop it. Stop it. Um, that's what happens when you get caught in conversation like that. But uh, it, it is. Uh, I don't think Nebraska has a head coach this week. I think it comes pretty quick after after the Thanksgiving Black Friday game. with, with And Iowa. that's the thing. I don't think you're going to hear anything until after the season. That's why I know you're on call with the hospital. I got to put you on call for here because we're going to like break in, go live. I'm going <laughs> to like be in the middle of the day. I'm going to call Owen at his job. Yeah, you need to get home right now. We're going to go live in like 10 minutes. I, I talked to your boss. Yes. I, everybody, we're leaving work. We're going to break in, and we're going to do a live podcast at that point. Uh, of course, Nebraska's got uh, Michigan this week going to the big house. If you want to go to the big house, you can uh, get your tickets by going to ticketsforless.com. In fact, if you're looking for tickets to the next big event, be sure to start your search at ticketsforless.com. Tickets for Less, formerly Ticket Express, is your home for the lowest prices on event tickets, both local and nationwide. Not only does Tickets for Less have unrivaled customer care team to ensure that you have the best ticket buying experience, they also never charge a per-ticket service fee, saving you big money at checkout. And I'm just going to mention one of their competitors. Uh, Owen's uh, Owen's girlfriend, Lizzie, was looking for Iowa-Nebraska tickets today on StubHub, right? I said, no, 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 go, go to Tickets for Less, because I walked in late. And but she was already on StubHub. She goes, $30 per-ticket service fee at StubHub. $30. You don't get that at Tickets for Less. They don't charge you a, a service fee on StubHub or, or on rather Tickets for Less. So that's why you got to go to ticketsforless.com. Plus, I'm going to save you even more money. Uh, when you use the promo code DOCTALK for ticketsforless.com, uh, you can save even more on your order. So shop for your seats today and save at ticketsforless.com. Uh, Michigan, it was they were down to Rutgers 17 14 in the third quarter, and you blinked and it was 42 17. Yeah, they can put up points. Dude, well, turnovers, everything, but they, yeah. they, it, it was – I'd never seen a game shift like that quickly. It was like, 
Man, Michigan was just. Did you down. not watch the Nebraska game? Yeah, this weekend? Well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It wasn't that quick though. That's true. I mean, I mean they were they went, were up ten, and then all of a sudden we're down. Well, down ten. Yes, but but again, it went from Michigan being down seventeen fourteen to forty two seventeen. Yeah, that real happened. quick. It happened quick. Yeah. Which I, I find it weird though. If you look at Ohio State over the last couple of weeks, they've looked a little human. Well, because their defense sucks. Their defense, their defense can't stop the run, which I think is why Michigan could beat Ohio State. Dude, in Michigan, that's what they did to them last year. Yes. They moved the ball on the ground. Corm had a great game against them last year. So look what Nebraska's had to face the last three weeks. You go from uh, the kid at Illinois, the leading rusher in the country, to Mo Ibrahim, who is a beast. And now you got and Cor- I still think is the best running back in the conference. And now you got Corum this weekend. He's not yes. too shabby. And they got a re- – do you know what Michigan has? They got an O line. You know what Michigan has? God, a really good coach, whether you like it or not. I like Jim Harbaugh. And he, I will. I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to bring myself to say I like Jim Harbaugh, but I still go back to that COVID year in 2020. I have a massive amount of respect for he. Kind of, uh, he kind of rebranded himself. And he rebranded himself by he went he went black label he went off label. Well, because he he was told, dude, uh, we're not going to fire you, but we're going to cut your pay, and you're going to get fired if you don't turn it around. Yeah, and which he, I mean, turning it around for them is second fiddle to Ohio State. Yeah, you better beat Ohio and State and getting getting your ass beat by an SEC yeah. team in the bowl game every year. But I, he, I think the shtick thing kind of bothered Michigan people because when you look at the previous three, uh, well, I'm sorry. It was not the previous three Michigan coaches. When you go back to Shem Beckler and then the coaches who followed, when you look at Gary Moeller and Lloyd Carr, none of those guys were flashy guys. And I know Shem Beckler had a ton of personality, yeah. but he was basically a Woody Hayes disciple. He was a three yards, clouded dust, Old school, pro-style offense, good solid defense, and the O-line better be really, really good kind of coach. There just was not a lot of shtick during that time period going from Shem Beckler through Moeller up to Carr. And, and, I mean, you had a guy like Lloyd Carr who won a national title with solid offense, great defense, had a few stars in the mix. When you look at Harbaugh, God, there was a lot of – Shtick is the only word I know for it. I don't. I can't think of. I mean, it's like it's like a lot of personality razzle dazzle that does jack shit when you actually get it out onto a football field. And they essentially told him to just shut the hell up and go coach. He kind of rebranded himself yeah. a little bit, and I think it changed the overall attitude within that program, and has made a big difference. I hate Michigan. I hate Harbaugh. I can't, dude, I have a hard time faulting him for the changes that he made in terms of his public perception with that program because you you never hear from him or about him right now, but all you see is Michigan going out the last couple of years and playing some great football. Some really good football. The way they run the football, I think they have a really good chance of winning at Ohio State this year. Ohio State struggled at Northwestern yesterday. Now, you're going to look at it and go, oh, well, hold on. The wind was like 100 mile an hour coming off the the, the, the lake. 
at yeah. Northwestern. So that I mean that does that does affect the game uh, quite a bit. LSU beat Alabama uh, over the weekend. Overtime. Rob. Uh, There's overtime. a lot of these games I did not see. Yeah, so. And, and so LSU in overtime beat Alabama. Georgia took care of uh, took care of Tennessee. I think Georgia solidified. And that spot. was not that was not a. Tennessee's win over Alabama was a little. I mean, keep in mind, they, didn't didn't Tennessee need a field goal? It was either late or in overtime to beat Alabama. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's both of those teams. I think are a little sketchy. Now, I will never ever count out Nick Saban. I still want to see because does does Georgia and Alabama play regular season this year? Ooh, SEC me. confuses me. I can never remember who. I don't which believe division. so. But let me go. Let me go look. Give me, give me. Because uh, if you remember last year, Alabama smoked them during the regular season, and then Georgia won during the SEC. Was it the SEC title game or was it the playoff game? It was the. Uh, it was the playoff game. It was the playoff game. Um, Georgia has Mississippi State left at Mississippi State. That could be a pretty decent game. Yeah. Uh, then at Kentucky, then ends with Georgia Tech. So they're not playing okay. Alabama this year. And Georgia Tech's no. Yeah. Nothing. Misses, yeah. yeah. Ole Miss might be interesting. No, it's Mississippi it's, State. It's Mississippi. Yeah. So it's Mike Leach. Yeah, Mike Leach. And then Alabama has Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss this week. Well, that could be kind of. And Ole Miss is coming off. So Alabama's coming off the Los Angeles. So what happens if Lane knocks off his former boss? That could be interesting. It could be. Uh, I would still like to see Lane Kiffin in, in, at Nebraska. I really, really would. I know people would struggle with that. He was my kind of my dark horse where I, I called Jeff Munkin that earlier in the pod. I always liked Munkin. I actually thought Munkin would be on a lot of people's lips in terms of a candidate for Nebraska right out of the gates. I mean, up there with guys like Leipold and Kleiman, um, Campbell, that crew of potential candidates who got a lot of talk earlier on. Need another beer? I do need another beer. Do you want the same or do you want another? I want to try that other one. So I just had the Citra Soaker from... uh, So Trav's, Trav's moving over to the Mosaic double, the double Mosaic slap. By the way, this is a double hazy IPA too. We're drinking it's a two lot doubles. of haze in there. A but, lot of haze. Oof, this, these were sipper beers though. You just can't down these. No, they're good beers though. I, I did try. I did give the Citrus Soaker a try. Which one do you like the best? I think I like the Mosaic better. And I'm usually I love a Citra. I really do. I think I like the Mosaic better. Yeah, it's greatest sound on the planet. That's what I'm talking about right there. Um. Anyway, it's almost like porn killing me, (laughs) but yes. Um, But no, you're talking about Lane Kiffin and I was talking about Munkin and how I kind of had Munkin in that mix right from the get go. Lane Kiffin was the guy that, I mean, I always thought was like, okay, if you want to have a hire, that's one of those. Well, hell, I didn't see that coming where I think I, I think most people would really like it. That would be an interesting Twitter poll or, fa- or uh, well, he was born in Nebraska. Or, yeah, don't forget YouTube that. poll. I don't. I don't know if there's a lot of love within the Kiffin family for Nebraska, though. Because Monty always wanted the job, right? So my understanding, again, it's not like I've ever sat down with these people and asked them. My understanding was that when Devaney named Osborne head coach or to succeed him. Kiffin was the guy who thought he should have had the job because he was Devaney's D coordinator. Well, 
maybe I'm right. I thought he no, was. No, he was. Yeah, so he was Devaney's D coordinator. Kiffin stayed on for a year or two, maybe three as Osborne's D coordinator. But I think I, I think uh, I think Monty always kind of it always kind of irked him that he did not get the head job. And my understanding also is that Monty had been on Devaney's staff longer than Osborne. I think he kind of viewed himself as sort of like, "Hey, I'm the lawyer." I've earned it. Yeah, I'm the lo- I, I'm the loyal assistant who's been here the longest, who's earned this promotion. And why did the whippersnapper get it? Why the young? Why why this? Why this former grad assistant from freaking Hastings get this? But I think it worked out for both parties. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, i i would I would have been curious to see what Monty because I. Again, I could be wrong here, but I don't think Monty Kiffin's ever been a head coach. Uh, if he I, I has, think you're right. if he has, it's been at a more obscure school or a smaller program. Um, because I think he left Nebraska. I thought he went to the NFL right after that, and has been in the NFL ever since. He was a head coach at North Carolina State. No way. What years? Uh, eighty through eighty-two. God, I don't remember that at all. Of course, I was in June, like, well, probably late elementary. And he's a player school. personnel analyst now. How 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 weird would it be if because he started his coaching career at Nebraska? If Lane was named the head coach at Nebraska and Monty came back to close everything out in Lincoln, damn, talk about coming full circle, man. So he's at Ole Miss, now. yeah, as a player personnel analyst. That. Whew, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I do know talking to some of the guys, I mean, you look at like Barrett Root who played uh, at Tampa. I thought Barrett's, because I th- wasn't, uh, I thought when Barrett played there, we had Barrett on the TV show. Yeah, yeah years ago. Yeah, and I well. thought Barrett's, I, th- I think Monty was the D coordinator there at the time with the Buccaneers. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he was too. He was. It'd be interesting. Most of the, I was going to say, I, I swear to God, talking to Root, I thought he said he really liked Kiffin as a coach in terms of what he knew, the kind of the information that he put out there, the teaching that he did. I thought he really liked Root as a coach. And so it, it'd be interesting to see somebody like that, especially, I mean, I'm not trying to get accused of ageism here, but I mean, the guy's got to be pushing 80. Well, let me tell you how old he's got to be or over. 80. He's 82. Damn. Yeah. So he looks good in that picture. And that's back when uh, Lane was at Tennessee for the, the Wikipedia picture. Oh, Lord. Hey, if you don't have your stocking stuffers for Christmas yet or want to get in the Christmas mood, uh, you need the brand new Doc Talk Sports shirt. I had this made specifically for Dr. Rob. I love it so hard. It is. You can get it in red, you get it in charcoal, and it says, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Fuck yeah, it is. So there you go. You know it is. So I've ordered you one. You will have your Die Hard is a Christmas movie shirt next week when we record this podcast. You, you can wear it. Um, you said you're going to I was get- a little disappointed. I went with my big eight shirt. Today. Yeah. I did that for uh, Ferragamo. That, and that's pretty cool. Um, but it, we would love for you to order the Die Hard is a Christmas movie uh, t-shirt. Just go to the but, link that's in the YouTube page. Do you know why we would love you to order it? Why? Because it's true. See, there you go. Yeah, this I, whole, I thought it was funny. Somebody chirped back on you on Twitter that is Rob, even Bruce Willis said it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, Bruce is wrong. <laughs> Just because he's Bruce Willis and was in the movie 
doesn't make him right. Exactly. I'm with you on that. Though I, I, I'm, I, this is not a hill that I'm willing go to die Han, on. You are. I will. You go ask Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber will tell you it's a Christmas movie. So it's, uh, you, you got to have this because it will become a conversation piece no matter where you are. It will. You could wear it to a party. People will like, where'd you get that shirt? First of all, because <laughs> these shirts from Ray Gun. God, they're comfy. They are really, really they are comfy. Super comfy. Also, it's just a conversation starter, and and I think you can wear that shirt like year round, right? You can yes. you can wear that year Dude, round. Christmas in July. That's right. Except it's now November. So you can, uh, and I'm telling you right now, if you order off the site, it's usually at your house within three days. Within three days, you're gonna get some of your partners. Those aren't you? Are these That's gonna be stocking stuff. Doc- there you go. Oh heck yeah! The Doctor Rob's Doctor Rob's even gonna go buy the shirt. You should buy the shirt. Uh, the bum shirt. If you're listening to this on Sunday, it's only up for another day. The bum shirt is disappearing on Monday, so that's the only time they're gonna be able to you get it. Bum, you bum. I like God, the bum that's shirt. Funny. We only yeah, not to be that wasn't a very popular shirt. Just fold. What's our most popular one? Sorry, uh, Dave. Sorry, Dave. And believe it or not, uh, the uh, diverse portfolio one is pretty popular. That's a good. If you're a beer guy, yeah, that's a great shirt. It, it really is. So we we highly recommend that. Uh, well, I, that's all I got for today, my my, my buddy, my all friend. Right. Make sure to check out the Doc's Diagnosis presented by Centris Federal Credit Union. We got three pretty good plays that we're drawing up this week. But uh, we're calling plays that teams are running against us here. Yes. Um, also, check out uh, Husker Hounds at huskerhounds.com. Also, two locations in the Omaha area. Our good buddy Scott Strunk has everything you need. Football is coming to an end. Get ready for men's basketball, women's basketball, and, uh, of course, the NCAA volleyball tournament just right around the corner, too, so make sure to get ready for that. And our good buddy Connor Orr or- over at Orr, Horgan, and Flinty. He's got an NIL symposium coming up down in Lincoln. Also, if you need a litigator, if you need any uh, NIL uh, advice, if you want to work with the athletes, uh, Connor's your guy. You can get a hold of him at Connor at OHFLaw.com. That's Connor at OHFLaw.com. And Betfred Sports. Download the Betfred Sports app today at the Apple and Google Play stores. Use the promo code DOCTALK and get a free $20 bet. For Dr. Rob Zadiska, I'm Travis Justice. We'll talk to you next week on the Doc Talk podcast presented by Betfred Sports. Betfred Sports.